This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Biden, the Steel Curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again Thursday morning. You know the drill. We're chugging through the offseason. It's the first week of OTAs. This is phase three of offseason workouts. The first one was just, you know, lifting and conditioning. Then they got to do some drill work. This is the first time that the Steelers, where the 2022 team has come together as a team, but it's still voluntary. You've got this week. You've got next week. You've got the following week, all with voluntary workouts. There, were, there is 10 in all, three per week. Obviously, wait, that's not 10. Yeah, the third week has a fourth, has a fourth workout in it, but the Steelers generally take that time and do some kind of team building. That's what they like to do. Um doesn't mean that they have to do it that way, but that's generally something that they like to do. Then the following week, that's when you hit mandatory mini camp for the team. Three days of workouts. Everyone's got to be there. And then guess what? Out they go. The team will disperse for around six weeks until training camp, which the dates have still not officially been announced. I'm ready for them at any time. I'm ready for them at any time. But the Steelers have plenty to announce. In fact, they finally announced it on Wednesday. The reports came out late Tuesday night that the Steelers have indeed hired a new general manager in Omar Khan. I did the breaking news podcast for that on Wednesday. That's out there on our on our channel of podcasts, which all of our podcasts, you can catch any of them. Just go to where you listen to podcasts. I, I use a- Apple Music, iTunes, what, what, I don't know, what, whichever it's called. Apple Podcast. That's what it's called. I use that one. I know other people are Spotify people. Wherever you go, search for Steelers will be one of the top options, or you could type in behind the steel curtain or BTSC and we should be right there. You've got a, you know, multiple, multiple podcasts coming out each day. We've got the morning lineup Monday through Friday. Um, then you've got the noon lineup, and we also have got the evening shows, which are live on YouTube or Facebook Live. Those are all Monday to Friday shows. Our weekends are a little bit different. We actually have two YouTube shows on Friday. We have an earlier one and a late one because there's none on Saturday. But then we come right back with two YouTube shows on Sunday, one in the early afternoon Eastern time and one in the evening. Also within that time, we have another audio-only podcast that's our weekend podcast um, in the Steelers Power Half Hour that's there as well. So make sure you're checking out our podcasts. And then, of course, we'll get breaking news podcasts scattered in there. But Omar Khan was announced – well. Announced by the Steelers, he will have his formal press conference on Friday where he will come out and talk and probably answer questions, I assume. That's coming up on Friday. I I think it's 10 o'clock. I've got to go back and look at that. It might be 1 o'clock. It might be noon. I, I, I shouldn't have quoted a time there because now now I, 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 I can't. 
I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it's on Friday. You can get that information. That's available to watch, uh, you know, at, uh, you know, at Steelers.com through their social media platforms and everything. So that's something else going on. So between, between a new GM, uh, OTAs, then there's also reports of Omar Khan building his front office staff that another one of the six finalists for the GM position is rumored to be coming to Pittsburgh as the assistant GM. Uh, then there's been other rumors going on uh, with it that the Steelers will be making some hires there. Nothing has been said about if Kevin Colbert will stay on in any kind of official capacity, like he said that he was considering early on in this process when he said that he was retiring from being the general manager. So there's lots of things to still come there. I also want to say, if if you're tuning in for the first time to to the Steelers Stat Geek podcast, wow. You missed it last week, but lucky for you, it's still there. You can go back, search for it. You can find the podcast from StatGeek last week. Oh, my goodness, did I have a blast. I had Adam Peters from Zebra Technologies uh, by Zebra Sports on the show, and we talked some great nerdy things. We talked about the the technology behind what they what, what they have with the ball and in the pads and everything for that the, they create this technology that the NFL uses for their next-gen stats. They also use that technology at the Senior Bowl, and they collect the data themselves, and we went over that data. If you missed last week's show, make sure you go back and check it out. If you did listen to it, several of you reached out to me and let me know how much you enjoyed the show. That meant a lot to me. I'm sure if you didn't enjoy it, you probably weren't going to let me know. But uh, you know what? You can hit me up on Twitter there as well. If you didn't like it, make sure you tell me. But uh, I just thought that was fun and different, and uh, I'd like to have him back again maybe uh, sometime during the season if we could you know, get, get some more great numbers to talk about. But let's go ahead and dive into this now. Boy, you're like you're diving into it now. Sure, but there, there's a lot going on with the Steelers, and we – Honestly, we got to talk about it while we can, because before we know it, we're not going to have much going on. We're not going to want to hear anything about the Steelers. When they break for minicamp, we don't want to hear any kind of Steelers news. Um, the, the only thing you really want to hear is, oh, well, they extended another player, which to me, you could hear that, but that's not usually when the Steelers do that, because I know that's also when some of the front office people may go on vacation as well. So that's, I, it's not that they don't work on those things, but it's not very often that during that time that you get those kind of announcements from the Steelers. A lot of, a, a lot of times, a lot more often you get an announcement with those kind of um, contract extensions and whatnot, like there was last year with TJ Watt, where it comes after the last preseason game before the first game. Um, if it happens sooner, that's better. But I, I just wouldn't – I wouldn't bank on it, wouldn't get my hopes up just yet. Speaking of players that could get a contract extension, I did an article this week at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, where I said five other players – and I'll let you know what I mean by other players – but five other players who could get a contract extension before the regular season. Because I, I, I ruled out two, because they're the two that everyone's talking about uh, with – the big one being Minka Fitzpatrick and the other one being Deontay Johnson. I, I'm of the mindset, I think that the Steelers will get something done with Minka Fitzpatrick this year. I don't think they're going to look to extend Deontay Johnson. I think they'd rather play out the last year of his rookie deal and then see what happens from there. That's just me. Uh, I could be wrong. That's just, I'm telling you what my gut feeling is. So 
I didn't include those two because there's been a lot of talk of those. So I came up with five other names. And the next, the top guy on the list should be talked about more. He should be grouped up with the other two. And that's Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell would be a, a prime candidate to get a contract extension. I also mentioned Cam Sutton. I also mentioned, and I said, I know you might, people might want to grab out their, their torches and pitchforks when I said, Stefan to it. Now, the only reason I, the biggest reason I would say it would, it would make it where the Steelers could extend him is because he's got those void years on there. Because if you can go ahead and extend them before those void years cash in, it just makes it a whole lot easier to do. Um, but I also don't want anything happening now. I want to make sure he's back. He's healthy. He's doing what he needs to do. I would not do any extension like that until the very last minute before week one. And even if the Steelers still said no, that's fine. I was just listing out ones that were possible. I threw Joe Hegg in there because you know he's going into his last year. But the one that I threw in there that, I, that got some people riled up, and I already had this subject coming, I actually said I'd be talking about it this week on StatGeek, is Derek Watt. And Derek Watt and his salary and his salary cap number is a big point of contention with many Steelers fans. Why are the Steelers paying so much for a fullback they never use? Well, guess what? I'm going to break it down for you. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that Derek Watt is a great value player. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that, the, that his contract really is wonderful value. I'm not going that far. But I will go as far to say it's not as bad as what people make it out to be. It's really not as bad as what people make it out to be for several reasons. So part of which is I think he's being misclassified. I think he's being misclassified by a lot of Steelers fans and their mentality with him. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But when it comes to Derek Watt, I do want to say that if you look at him, because he is listed as a fullback, because that's what he—that's what he's listed at, and we'll we'll talk about the the problems with the listings anyway. But the complaint is Derek Watt is his salary cap hit is so big um, among fullbacks. Yeah, and it's it's up there it, it's up there tops of the league. We'll look at that as a fullback and everything here in the second half. But first thing I want to start to look at, I don't know if we'll get through this whole list in the first half or not. Yeah, maybe we will before we break down into exactly where the other numbers are. And that is, it's time to start looking at Derek Watt for what position he really is. And that is this. 80% of the time, Derek Watt steps onto the football field. It's not as a fullback. It is as the Steelers' special teams captain. All right? So many Steelers fans have the mentality, oh, he's getting he's he's an expensive fullback and we don't use the fullback enough. You're right. I wish the Steelers would use the fullback more. Could that be because they had an aging quarterback that didn't feel comfortable taking snaps under center and therefore there was it was harder to get him on the field? Very well could be. And it might be that the Steelers don't use the fullback anymore this year. I don't know. We will see. But the Steelers like to have a fullback on the roster. I remember when the previous fullback in Roosevelt Knicks, who was also the special teams captain his last year in Pittsburgh, when he got injured early in the season and the Steelers basically had to go the season without a fullback, the closest thing they had was Trey Edmonds. And the problem is when, when you don't have that fullback on the roster, then when, the, when you really want to do something that uses one, you don't have one, even if you have it in your arsenal for the game and never 
use it or only use it for a couple plays. If you don't have a fullback, then that's just gone. But if you have a fullback or someone that could play fullback, and I know some people are like, why not Henry Mondo as a defensive lineman? See, that's also another possibility. But Derek Watt, I'm going to make the point of don't look at Derek, Derek Watt as a fullback who is also your special teams captain. You need to look at Derek Watt as your special teams captain who is also a fullback. And it's just changing that mentality. And what I did to kind of make this point a little bit to show that it's not crazy what everything going on with Derek Watt. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not, that, that it couldn't be better. I want to make, make that clear. I went in and I looked at every single captain for this year in the NFL and looked at the special teams captains. I, I just I just pulled it out. Honestly, I'll tell you, I got it off Wikipedia. So I'm, a, I'm a hoping that's right because that was the easiest place to get it. I looked at the special teams captains and I threw out special teams Sorry, not special teams, specialists. I didn't count punters. I didn't count place kickers. I didn't count long snappers. Why? Because they didn't fit in the same category as Derek Watt. I was looking for players that are listed as another position that are also the special teams captain. And I looked at them and there was, including Derek Watt, there are 13 of them. 13 of them. Because some some of them, some teams don't have a special teams captain. Some teams only appoint captains each week. Like... The Chicago Bears, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans. Those are those are several of the teams that just appoint their captains weekly rather than have a season captain. So I'm going to break this down and, and, and just going to tell you a little bit about each person. We're going to start this is alphabetical order by team with the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, and I saved Pittsburgh to the last. So that's why if you're wondering if you didn't hear Derek Watt in there when I get there. It's um, Dennis Gardak. He's a linebacker. He played 173 snaps on defense versus 278 snaps on special teams. And his 2021 cap hit, that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to look at snaps, offensive or defensive, depending if you're an offensive or defensive player, versus special team snaps and what their cap hit was last year. I'm not looking forward this year because I don't know who's going to be the captains. All I can do is go off last year's data. And his cap hit last year was $3.384 million. Um, he was a restricted free agent, and then he got a new deal this offseason. So moving on, Detroit. I'm going to mess up some of these names because it's what I do. Detroit is Jalen Reeves-Mabin is the name. It's a hyphenated Reeves-Mabin. Also a linebacker. He played 616 defensive snaps versus 120 special team snaps. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's because things changed with 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 the Lions. I'll be honest with you, the year before he only played 38, sorry, 38 defensive snaps versus 378 special team snaps. So th- what he did the previous year was more in line of what you're going to see with some of these other players. But last year he was called on to be more of a defender, less on special teams, and he had a salary cap hit of 1.1275 million dollars. I will also say this. He got the same kind of salary last year as what the Steelers did with Terrell Edmonds this year, which is a four-year veteran salary contract using the, the veteran salary benefit. And what it is is he was actually paid more than twice as much as what a salary cap hit was because you're allowed to take X amount of dollars depending on the year. Um, it goes up a little bit every year. Um, and where you can have as many as two of these players that were on the roster every week for four years – if they were on the roster every week for four years, you could sign them to another year 
And a large portion of their salary just simply won't count towards the salary cap. That's what the Steelers did this year. They're paying, they're paying Terrell Edmonds two and a half million dollars, but his salary cap hit, I think, is around one point one eight million dollars. If I pull that right number correctly off the top of my head, because I don't have it here in front of me, they did the same thing with this player last year in Detroit. And guess what? He signed a new deal this year with the Houston Texans, so he left Detroit after that. All right, moving on. Uh, the Colts. Zaire Franklin, I think I said that correctly. He is also a linebacker. He played 200 defensive snaps, 350 special team snaps, and he had a, a, a 2021 cap hit of uh, under $950,000, but he was also uh, on his rookie deal. His salary cap hit for this year is now uh, $3.61 million. So that was, you know, falling under his, his rookie deal, which makes it a lot less expensive, which is the same deal with the next team, with the Kansas City Chiefs, Marcus Kemp, wide receiver, played 75 offensive snaps versus 315 special team snaps. His salary cap hit last year was 850000 but he was a rookie, and he's now a free agent. He hasn't signed with anyone yet. Uh, Miami, they had I've, I've um, let's see if I get this name right. Caitlin, sorry, Clayton. No, I'm not. I'm going to screw this up. Clayton <laughs> Fejedelum. <laughs> Probably it's like it's F E J E D E L E M. I'll spell it because it's that. Yeah, it's that. He's a safety. He played 16 defensive snaps to 396 special team snaps and had a salary cap hit of $2.478 million, and he re-signed with the team for this coming year. New England, you got Matthew Slater, the pro bowler. He's listed as a wide receiver, played 16 offensive snaps, 351 special team snaps, um, $3.001 million salary cap hit last year. And – um and he re-signed this year with the team on, as one of those four-year veteran salary benefit contracts. That's what he's doing. So he's got getting paid, paid, you know, two and a half million dollars, but counting less than half that on the salary cap um, for this year. New Orleans had JT Gray, a safety, 41 defensive snaps, 368 special team snaps. I think you're kind of seeing a trend with these, you know, um, less than 100 snaps that they're at their position and 300 or more on special teams. Um, he had a $1.5 million cap hit and his cap hit is 2.6 in 2022. Um, the giants, I got to include this when it was Jabril peppers, the safety who paid 229, um, Defensive snaps, only 31 special team snaps. He had a $6.77 million contract as a special teams captain, but he was used more on defense. Um, and he went on injured reserve in week seven and he signed with New England this offseason. For the Jets, Justin Hardy is a, is a cornerback. He played one defensive snap versus 368 special team snaps, $2.335 million. Um, and he's he's his salary cap hit is over two million dollars for the next two years. Seattle Nick Bellore, I'm pretty sure I said that right. He's a fullback. We're gonna need to remember him. Nineteen offensive snaps, three hundred and eighteen special team snaps. But he's only one point seven million dollar cap hit. But that's up to two hundred and seventy five million dollars in 2022. I said two hundred seventy five. Sorry, two point seven five million dollars. Wow, that really would have been a big 
cap hit for, for a fullback. Um, I've got two more before Derek Watt. Tampa Bay had Kevin Minter, linebacker, but he played a lot on defense this past year, 331 defensive snaps, only 199 special team snaps. Um, and he had a veteran salary benefit contract last year. So his salary cap hit was just was under a million dollars. And he's a free agent right now. And then Washington had um, DeShazer Everett. I think I said that right. Safety. He played 40 defensive snaps, 305 special team snaps, $1.827 million. And he was released even though he was still under contract by Washington. Compare that all to Derek Watt for the Steelers, who played 86 offensive snaps, 332 special team snaps, and his 2021 cap hit was $2.953 million. But the problem is that jumps up to to 4.713 in 2022. So we will talk about that number in the second half more. But just to give you an idea of a couple things there, to, to show you that it's not crazy it's not crazy where Derek Watts getting paid among other special teams captains. Arizona had a bigger cap hit for theirs. Um, Miami was close. New England had a bigger cap hit last year for their special teams captains. The Giants definitely did, but he was playing a lot of defense. The other guys that I was listing weren't as much. Okay, a lot of other ones are close. If you average all of all of these including Derek Watt, it comes to $2.3 million as a cap hit. So it's not like Derek Watt being over it by $653,000 is huge. It's not that bad. I'm not saying it's great, but it's not that bad when you look at him as a special teams captain. And he's playing the snaps of what you would believe. If you want to know what a good comparison would be for a special teams player like Derek Watt and a contract that's out there, listen to this. How about a player who's got a $2.95 million cap hit in 2021? Now, their cap hit's a little bit higher this year, but not as high as what Watts is going to be. Okay, so that's only off by, what? what is that, uh, $3,000 um, when it comes to the, the difference in cap hits? Uh, Derek Watt played 332 special team snaps. This player played 347. Derek Watt played 86 offensive snaps, where this player played exactly half that, 43 defensive snaps. Derek Watt's a fullback. This player's a linebacker. Who did I just describe? Almost the same thing. Buffalo linebacker Tyler Medikavich, former seventh-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In other words, that's, that's the going rate for a special teams player that isn't getting on the field a lot under their position. Now, whether or not you think Derek Watt is that good of a special teams player, that's a whole different debate. And I'm fine with you all making that claim. But my point is, based on the numbers, you should think as Derek Watt as the special teams captain first and a fullback as his other role. Because when you look at his snaps, 20% of them are at fullback, 80% of them are special teams. We're going to take a quick break because I'm going to compare Derek Watt's numbers with some other things to let you know that, yes, it's no, it's not a great situation. Yes, you're correct. But it's not as bad as what others are making out. So stick around. We'll be right back after this. It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Let's get rolling here and figure out a little bit more stuff going on here with Derek Watt. That, yes, you got to kind of look at him more from a special teams perspective. But there's also other things going out there. Oh, Derek Watt's the, the highest paid player on offense for the Steelers in 2022. No, he's not. He's not. The way it needs to be phrased properly, you know, some people said that, but also threw in the correct terms as well. And that is he has the highest salary cap hit of any offensive player on the Steelers for 2022. That, as we speak, is a fact. He has the, I'm pretty sure it's the ninth highest salary cap hit for this year. His salary cap hit is higher than Chuksikora for, higher than James Daniels, higher than Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. All those players that he has a bigger, bigger salary cap hit this year. Now, the answer to that is why those other players that I just, all of them that I just mentioned, I'm pretty sure all of them. Um, Cause I said, Chuksa Corfor, James Daniels, with the exception of Mason Rudolph. Okay. But Mitch Trubisky, the reason those, those salaries cap numbers are lower. It's because they're in the first year of the deal when the salary cap numbers are lower and Derek Watts in the last year of his deal where it was even restructured once in the middle which means last year the Pittsburgh Steelers chose to push. It was over $800,000. You know, they didn't pay him anymore, but they pushed more than $800,000 from last year's salary cap to this year's salary cap. If it wasn't for that, he would not have a salary cap hit over $4 million. He wouldn't have. Now, all those numbers that I just went over in the first part, he would have been even higher on that list because he would have been, you know, just just under $4 million last year rather than under just under $3 million. So that was a choice that the Steelers made. So I understand I can't say he wasn't that bad this year and then say, oh, the only bad reason he's bad last year is they push in the future. I know. I can't have it both ways. The numbers don't don't back that up. But you, you just got to decide which perspective you want to look at. So the fact that Derek Watt has a salary cap hit, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, from overthecap.com, that his salary cap hit for this year is $4.713314 million, or $4,713,334. So that you're like, wow, Derek Watt's getting paid that much? No, he's not getting paid that much. He is getting paid $2.75 million this year. That is his base salary. The other money is all from prorated bonus that he has already been paid. So that's part of the reason why he has such a higher cap number. But I had someone say, oh, well, if you look at his base salary, his base salary is X number on the team. And I, I'm thinking it was 
right around the same, right around ninth or 10th or whatever. But you can't just look at base salary either because you know what base salary doesn't take into account? It doesn't take into account that signing bonus. Prime example, prime example. Let's look at Miles Jack, who the Steelers signed this past year. Two-year deal, $16 million for the two years. All right. Well, he's getting paid $8 million this year and $8 million next year. But the way it's broken down is he's getting $1.5 million in a base salary this year and $6.5 million as a signing bonus. If you ignore the signing bonus, then you're saying, oh, Miles Jack's only getting paid $1.5 million this year. Wrong. He's getting paid eight. He's getting paid eight because he just happened to get that all as a signing bonus. Now he doesn't have an $8 million cap hit because that signing bonus is broken, is split up into both years of his contract. So his cap number this year is only $4.75 million. But you can't say that he's only getting paid $1.5 million this year because this is also the year he collected his signing bonus. You can't do it that way. Really, the best way to look at it is this, is to look at it from the, the life of the contract. And you look at what is called APY, which is average per year. How many years was your contract? How much you're getting paid over that contract? You know, divide that number by the years, and you look at that. If you look at the players on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, on their 90-man roster, where does Derek Watt fall in his APY? He is 19th. Well, I had someone argue with me, well, is Derek Watt the 19th best player on this roster? And I said, and I put a little asterisk next to the 19th, and I said, yes, because it's not really 19th. Because what you really have to look at with that is look at all the rookies. The way the NFL is set up is you is you get paid as a rookie, the, you know, if you're a first-round draft pick, because honestly, the APY of both of the Steelers' last first-round draft picks, higher than Derek Watt. They're the next two above him. So he falls behind Kenny Pickett and behind Najee Harris because of that reason when you look at the APY. But all the rest of the rookies, all the other draft picks, all the other undrafted players, all everyone on a rookie contract, that they're going to be lower because that's the way the NFL was set up. So, yes, you could say, well, is he the 19th best player? Well, if you take out every player that's on a rookie contract that you think would be better than him and pull them out, then who's left? You could argue that, especially when you're talking about your defensive, defensive, when your special teams captain, when you're talking about your special teams captain, that's where he is. Now, let me explain where he falls on this list. Rather than read you a bunch of numbers, I'm going to explain the players that are, that, that are ahead of him and behind him. Higher on the APY, the three players above him, we'll start with the highest one. Well, we'll go, we'll, we'll go five, okay? It goes Minka Fitzpatrick, because remember, he's come, but that's still a rookie, rookie deal guy, but with a fifth-year option. So that's why he's higher than him. Devin Bush is way, way higher than him, all right? But, um, but if you look at it, you've got, you've got Minka Fitzpatrick, then Levi Wallace, then Akella Witherspoon, then Kenny Pickett, then Najee Harris, then Derek Watt, Okay. I'm fine with Derek Watt being below those guys. Now let's look at the at the players directly below him on this list in order. Tyson Alualu, Marcus Allen, Terrell Edmonds, Montrevis Adams, Robert Spillane, 
Joe Hegg, Gunnar O, Miles Killebrew, and Arthur Millette. Then you get into draft picks. Look at where he is in that group. Now, the two that stand out to me are Tyson Alawalu and Terrell Evans. Those are both players that took very team-friendly deals. Remember, Alawalu was gone, and he came. He changed his mind and came back to Pittsburgh for less money to stay in Pittsburgh. He took that team-friendly deal. He's an aging player, took a team-friendly deal. That's the only reason, and he is just behind Derek Watt. He's the next one behind him. Then you got Terrell Edmonds, who came back on a very team-friendly deal because of that veteran salary benefit that I talked about a little bit in the first half. So there's there's he, he is, where he took a team-friendly deal because it was the best place for him to make the most money in only one year to where he didn't crush a team salary cap by him playing, and plus he's familiar with it. I thought if he was not going to get much value, that was the smart path to take and only be locked in for a year. But that's why he's lower. But look at these other players. Marcus Allen, backup linebacker, special teams player. Montrevis Adams, backup uh, defensive lineman that will that will play if injuries happen. Okay, uh, Robert Splain, backup linebacker, could be in the rotation to play, maybe, maybe not. Also a special teams player. Joe Hegg, he's, re- he's your reserve tackle. Gunnar O, he's just your return man. You don't even know if he's going to bring value as a wide receiver or not. We have yet to see that. Miles Killebrew. He to me, he's another Derek Watt. He might say that he's a safety as his position designation. Some places have him still listed as a linebacker because he doesn't play as much defense. He gives the Steelers the depth they need in case of emergency, but he's special teams. That's who he is. That's what he is. And then Arthur Millette, same deal. He's a he's a um sub package player and a special teamer. So if you look at that group, Derek Watt fits well in that group. It just so happens he's the top guy in that group. So do should he necessarily be the top guy in that group? Maybe not, but he's not moved up into this crazy category that some people make him out to be. Now, the problem where this comes in is when people look at, oh, but look how much he's paid paid as a fullback. Yes. If you're looking at 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 APY salary for fullbacks according to overthecap.com Derek Watt of players that are under contract right now is third he's behind Kyle Juszczyk and Patrick Ricard he's the third highest paid fullback when you look at the average per year and honestly he's a, he's half a million behind Ricard and Juszczyk he's my goodness he's more than two million dollars less that guy is paid a lot more compared to everybody else but look at how he's utilized now, when you look at salary cap number, because of the way it's structured with Derek Watt, and it's and so much of that money is is on is in this year, he's number one when it comes to salary cap hit. But when you're looking at over the life of the contract, he's third in the NFL. But you also got to remember this is only out of I think what is it, 18 fullbacks that are listed. If that, I'm I'm trying to count them real quick. 10, 12, yeah, 18. So. It's so I understand if you're looking at him as that fullback, but out of that list of fullbacks, there's two of them that are special teams captains, Derek Watt and Nick Bellore. I think it's Bellore is the right way to say it. And they're not very far on the list. Watt is third, Bellore sixth out of 18. So the fact that he's bringing value otherwise. So I know that you're going to draw your own conclusions. You're going to believe what you want to about Derek Watt. But the people that are throwing the narrative out there that he's so grossly overpaid, not true. He is, if you look, if, if he's only playing fullback and not playing anything else, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He would be overpaid. I 100% agree. And that's what some fullbacks are. They're fullbacks and not really anything else. But he's not just a fullback and a special teamer. He's a fullback and your special team's captain. Like I said, I'm not, I haven't got into quality of play with him as a fullback or a special teamer in this because that's, that's not what we're diving into right now. So that's who Derek Watt is, and that's why he's paid what he is. And that's why I don't think it's crazy if the Steelers want to keep him around as one of their core special teamers if they decided to say, oh, well, let's go ahead and extend you for two more years, but we're not paying you any more new money. We're going to take all, take the $2.75 million that you do this year. We'll keep out the $1.12 million as, as the um, – I'm pretty sure is that his not right on. He's six years. So he might be the one point oh three five million dollars um of what's the what's the minimum salary based on years of experience. I, yeah, I think he's in that category rather than the next category. Either way, it's pretty close. You keep that as the base salary, you take the rest of it, you give it to him as a signing bonus, which spreads it out over the life of the next couple of years, and then you figure out what you're going to pay him as a base salary in those seasons. That wouldn't be terrible, especially if you're not going to break the bank with those base salaries. That's something you've got to think about. So if the Steelers did that, I would not think they're crazy. And I think there'd be plenty of Steelers fans that just don't understand the finances of it and wouldn't understand how it would work. Why are you paying him all this money again? It could They could literally extend him for two more years and not pay him another dime other than what they pay him this year. If they decide they're keeping him this year, do that extension because they know they're going to keep him. And if they were to release him next year, it would be no different than if they added two void years right now to his contract just and, and gave him a signing bonus, which is the exact kind of thing that the Steelers could have done last year. The only thing, but they say they're not using void years this year. The only thing different is he would have a base salary for those other years. That would be the only difference. And it would push some of that money into next year where he might not be around. Because if they decide then that they would release him and wouldn't pay him his base salaries, that's what it would be. So doing a deal like that where they aren't tying up any more money isn't terrible. Or they could decide, hey, it's a bigger salary cap hit this year, but you know what? We can take it this year because we're not having a huge number for quarterback. This is the year to take it, and then we can start over. That's a good idea too. But bottom line is I I don't want to beat a dead horse too much, but if you look at Derek Watt as only what he does as a fullback, then you are missing 80% of his job. 80% of his job. Now, would I like to see them use the fullback more next year? Yes, I would. Will Derek Watt perhaps see more than 86 offensive snaps? It would be nice. But they don't have to because his number one job is special teamer. That's our show today. I hope you learned something. I hope it made sense. I'm not saying that he's great value. I'm just not. I'm just I'm frustrated with those that say he's grossly overpaid because it really doesn't work out that way when you look at what he actually is, and that is a guy that brings a lot on special teams. So thanks for listening. Make sure you're checking out all our other podcasts. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as I always have to say to finish, thanks for geeking out with me.